0: This is the C-SPAN Radio podcast as we go beyond the headlines from the stories shaping Washington, the nation, and the world. I'm Steve Scully. Our guest this week is Washington Post columnist Dana Milbank. We talked with him about the resignation of General Michael Flynn just 24 days into his tenure as National Security Advisor. We also discussed what he calls the chaotic Trump White House, how congressional Republicans are dealing with a new type of president, and how the Washington Post is approaching its coverage.
1: I think Paul Ryan and others had a feeling that they could use Donald Trump to get their agenda through. And I just don't think that's uh, that's what we're seeing. It's not clear exactly what uh, Trump's agenda is, but definitely his agenda is to dominate uh, the news.
0: His Washington Post byline says he writes about political theater in our nation's capital. Dana Milbank is joining us on the phone from the newsroom. Thanks very much for being with us here on C-SPAN.
1: It is my great pleasure to be with you, Steve.
0: So far, what's your assessment?
1: Oh, I think everything's gone gone smoothly. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, uh, you know, if, if nothing else, it's been uh, interesting. These are interesting times, and... Uh, I think I made the mistake of uh, setting uh, tweets from uh, real Donald Trump to uh, to be texted to me automatically on my phone, and I'm finding I'm alarmed at all hours of the day. Uh, and night when I think everything is going peacefully, and suddenly we burst out into all caps or lots of exclamation points. But uh, um, it's it's certainly been uh, exhausting. Uh, it's been trying. Um, I, I suspect that uh, we can't possibly have four weeks like uh, four four years like the last uh, uh, four weeks. Well, I love
0: the opening sentence in your most recent essay. The president has just set the all-time speed record for scandal from zero to Watergate in 25 days.
1: Yeah, you know, I don't mean to suggest that uh, that the scandal is the equivalent of Watergate. It's just that people are suddenly... Uh, after all in not uh, quite four weeks uh, asking you know, the famous question that Howard Baker uh, posed during Watergate, what, is, what uh, did the president know and when did he know it? Uh, and uh, it seems everybody sort of echoing that line right now as we talk about uh, Michael Flynn and the contacts uh, uh, with the Russians. I actually suggest that's the wrong question in this case and uh, I think you know a lot of the evidence if you look at the pattern of, of the president's uh, uh, leadership basically his White House aides uh, show uh, all signs of doing what he's asked them to do. So I don't see why this case with uh, uh, Flynn would have been so different, because it is very consistent with the, uh, the policies that uh, Trump has been talking about and the uh, posture he's been taking towards Russia.
0: But as you know, the White House, the president saying that uh, we're trying to shake things up, that we're trying to shake up the establishment and drain the swamp. And sometimes this is what happens. So when you hear that argument, what's your response, Dana Milbank?
1: Well, certainly he's shaken things up. There's no question about that. Um, you know, what he's shaken up uh, is uh, is quite a different story. I, I think draining the swamp was more of a uh, campaign slogan. I mean, I think when you look at the influence of uh, K Street and the lobbyists, that is at least as strong as it, it was before. Uh, perhaps more so now as uh, more corporate entities uh, staff up with uh, lobbyists to, uh, to deal with uh, whatever uh, unexpected uh, thing is going to come now you know i i think in terms of you know uh people i think in washington but in in much of the country sort of feel anxious i think that's a sign of the uh, uh of the shake-up uh but there's it's two types of a shake-up one is to uh uh, sort of uh breathe new life uh into uh, the system the other is to basically challenge the uh fundamental tenets of our democracy and uh, unfortunately the president uh, in my view has been doing a good bit of that you know when he goes after uh the federal uh, judiciary uh and uh suggesting that they should be blamed if there are terrorist attacks when his uh, uh, top policy advisor goes on uh, TV and says that you know the president's ability uh, to protect the nation cannot be challenged. Uh, you know, when you see the president going after, Uh, the media the way he has, going after uh, uh, Congress uh, the way he has, going after the intelligence services the way he has. Uh, I think what we've seen, at least in these early stages, is a pushback from all of these uh, institutions saying um, that, uh, you know, you may be the most powerful man uh, in the country, but you're not more powerful uh, than, the, than the whole country. Um, so I think the, uh, you know, uh, every a- action has an equal and opposite reaction. I think you are seeing that. The uh, uh, I wouldn't say it's the establishment pushing back against him, but I say it's w- it the institution of democracy pushing back against him.
0: And in reading your column, which is available in The Washington Post and online at WashingtonPost.com, you seem to indicate there may be more to the story on the president's tax returns and the fact that he has not released them. He didn't do it during the campaign and refuses to do so today. What's your sense?
1: Well, look, I mean, the, the main reason uh, I, I think the best argument for releasing those returns was it would dispel any uh, question about whether... Uh, the, Trump's posture towards Russia uh, is because he is beholden to Russia or Russian interests uh, in some way. Do they hold uh, a certain amount uh, of his debt? uh is he literally indebted to them uh this this was the earlier question i think it's made all the more urgent by uh uh recent events i don't have any expectation that uh, trump is going to change on taxes in fact uh, his aides have said you know quite the opposite once he got elected they said well forget it he's not going to be releasing them even after the audit is done so what we heard during the campaign uh, no longer applies, but uh, uh, so I, I have no expectation that's that's going to occur. Um, but uh, it is one way that uh, he could uh, dispel this question, uh, and I don't expect the question uh, goes away, as we've seen, there's a whole host of things beyond Russia, just people asking about the potential for uh, conflicts of interest, and there will be ongoing efforts uh, uh, to get it out. I mean, if, when you th- think about you know Trump leading the. Uh, The the effort to get uh, President Obama to produce his long-form birth certificate, he actually succeeded at that over a long period of time. So uh, I I suspect at the very least people are going to continue to clamor to see this over a period of time.
0: And as you well know, the other big headline this week dealing with the leaks from the intelligence community, the NSC, maybe the CIA, or potentially the FBI – And the White House claiming that uh, these individuals inside the bureaucracy out to get Michael Flynn and also out to get President Donald Trump.
1: Uh, that is what he's been asserting every every few minutes on uh, uh, Twitter and uh, in other formats. I mean, what doesn't add up is if he uh, feels that uh, everybody was unfair to uh, Michael Flynn. Well, why did he go and fire him? Uh, that 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 is the uh, obvious question. Um, now, in terms of you know, are the intelligence agencies out to get him? Uh, certainly not. Uh, um, uh, but when you when you uh, have a President-elect during the transition, uh, comparing the uh, intelligence services to uh, Nazi Germany, you are going to see um, uh, some sort of a, a pushback when uh, they are, you know, seeing uh, the president's team in uh, constant contact with uh, Russian intelligence. There is going to be some sort of a pushback. Um, so, uh, it, you know, this is certainly to be expected uh, in in this sort of case. And I think Trump's response to uh, attack the intelligence agencies who attack the media for uh, disseminating it will probably backfire further.
0: And as you well know, that old saying, you never get a second chance to make a good first impression. So let's talk about Sean Spicer, his opening statement the day after the inauguration, and subsequently he's become a parody on SNL. Where is his credibility?
1: Well, I'm afraid he doesn't have any right at the moment. The uh and that's unfortunate. I mean, I have known uh Sean Spicer for years. Uh Qu- quite liked him. Uh, um, he was uh, always a guy who would, you know, at least off the record, sort of uh, tell it as it is, and uh, uh, had a sense of humor. None of that is apparent right now. Uh, and I've I've written about, about what I what I think is occurring here, and it, it is that uh, he is being uh, ordered to do the sorts of things that he's doing that are making him look uh, foolish now. Does that let him off the hook? Not really. It's his reputation that uh, uh, that he put on the line here, and, and he's done significant damage to you yeah. Uh, most people didn't know Sean Spicer Before he came out and started uh, screaming About the crowd size uh, uh, Of the inauguration the, the day after the Inauguration so uh, I, I think uh, uh, you know he's done himself uh, a, a good bit of harm And uh, you know the irony here Is uh, the president seems to think that He hasn't done enough uh, uh, In terms of uh, defense And uh, you know there's all kinds Of rumors that the axe the is out uh, For him as well so I mean it, this is sort of a, a perilous position Uh, That you've seen Michael Flynn get in, that you've seen uh, Sean Spicer get in, you've seen Kellyanne Conway, uh, to some extent uh, Stephen Miller, uh, and that is that basically they are doing the president's bidding, going out and uh, saying things that undermine their credibility. Uh, in the in the public eye, uh, but they are doing what they've been uh, told to do and what they've been asked to do by their boss. So you can you can kind of see both sides of it.
0: Maybe in tone and style, but but in terms of the content, do you sense sometimes that there's some freelancing going on? We're hearing one story from Kellyanne Conway, a different story an hour later from the White House press secretary Stephen Miller is saying something different. Uh, Reince Priebus, who continues to uh, make appearances on the Sunday shows, is there one person beyond the president who's saying? This is what we're going to do. This is the message of the day.
1: Right, that's 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 sort of a different matter. Are, are different different people uh, doing different things? Um, uh, but uh, and of course, uh, we have seen uh, a whole lot of uh, leaking. From, I think the, the broader amount of leaking is from uh, the the broader administration, not necessarily the White House staff. But we have seen a good bit from the White House staff too, and that's to be expected when you have these uh, competing uh, power centers, uh, as you do with sort of the uh, the Reince Priebus, uh, Sean Spicer uh, establishment. Uh, uh, wing the, uh, uh, the the Steve Bannon uh, Breitbart wing the uh, uh, the uh, mo- some movement conservatives in there uh, and uh, you know a whole lot of the usual suspects uh, are in the administration as well uh, uh, everybody sort of vying for. Uh, uh, the supremacy of, of their uh, of events in, uh, in the public eye. I think we're seeing a lot more of this a lot earlier. This is this is typically this kind of backbiting is what you see after significant fights have occurred later in an administration. I think this is just a sign of the, the chaos, the attempt to uh, uh, disrupt so many things uh, so quickly, I think, has accelerated just as it's accelerated the sort of uh the scandal talk it's also uh, accelerated uh, the leaking talk. Uh so I I do think that is occurring but uh it, simultaneously I think you have the uh president uh you know a lot of the things that have embarrassed these aides out in public have been things that uh have been ordered up by the boss. I think both those things are true at the same time.
0: Let me ask you about the vice president Mike Pence as you know a veteran of the House of Representatives so he certainly understands how Congress in Washington works. Is he trying to stay above the fray? Is he out of the loop or a combination thereof?
1: Well, look, I mean, based on what we're hearing, what we're reading, what we're seeing, uh, it is uh, uh, some combination of the two. I mean, what what Mike Pence... Did in accepting the vice Presidential nomination was make a gamble That he could uh, uh, Essentially tame Donald Trump That he could uh, uh, steer His uh, uh, more Outrageous instincts in a more uh, Conventional direction and we have to Say look that does not appear to be working uh, There is nothing uh, Conventional or restrained about what we've seen From Donald Trump so far I think Where we have seen Pence's influence Is, uh, is stalking the uh, Administration the cabinet agency agencies with uh, reliable conservatives uh, and uh, getting a, a small number of uh, professionals and grown-ups there uh, in the White House um, but we have it's hard to know uh, you know, on questions like uh, Mike Flynn uh, was he uh, in on it? Was he out of the loop? In a sense uh, I, I'm not sure that's uh, extremely important here. I mean you can just look at the top line of what the uh, president is doing every day and that is very much not a uh, Mike Pence uh, movement, conservative uh, administration. It's more of a uh, chaotic uh, administration. And and, and and Mike Pence is nothing if not uh, buttoned down and uh, you know uh, conservative very much uh, in the personal way and uh, 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 restrained and genial and uh, uh, a lot of the things we do not see in uh, his boss.
0: And isn't it ironic as you look at this role reversal, Dana Milbank, last year, candidate Trump was praising WikiLeaks, all the information about Hillary Clinton and her server and what was happening inside the DNC. Democrats critical of the leaks, and now it is polar opposite.
1: Uh, it is amazing, Steve, how that happens when uh, it depends on whose ox is being exactly. uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh And it is true that uh, um, you know, the, the Obama administration was highly critical of leaks and was talking about cracking down on uh, both the people doing the leaking and the reporters receiving, I think, that and, and said that that was ill-advised at the time. And now, sure enough, you have uh, a Trump picking up that message uh, and then some. Um, now, I think there is a distinction between WikiLeaks, which is sort of a, uh, a willy-nilly uh, uh, basically uh, stealing of uh, uh, government secrets and dumping it uh, out there, and this, which is more of a uh, strategic thing done by uh, uh, people in the government who are uh, you know, trying to uh, protect their interests or what they see as the uh, public interest. So this is actually the leaking we're seeing now, uh, significantly more uh, restrained and tailored than uh, – Uh, than WikiLeaks has been. But uh, um, I'm sure it is every bit as annoying, regardless of the source to uh, to the chief executive.
0: Let's turn to the other end of Pennsylvania Avenue. House Republicans traveling back to their districts and finding, I guess a cool reception would be a polite way of saying it. Some angry voters out there
1: yeah and I mean it's not necessarily i mean let let's let's keep it in perspective that you know ninety percent of the members of the House of Representatives are in safe districts and you know don't have to really worry about anything other than a primary fight um but you are seeing uh it i wouldn't say it's really a mirror, mirror image of the uh the early tea party. Um, But you are seeing a whole lot of uh, Anger out there uh, And a whole lot of activism on the left uh, To a certain extent uh, Including moderates and independents And even some uh, Conservatives uh, Of of principle uh, Who are not happy with this But you're seeing a lot of grassroots uh, Organizing that's disrupting uh, uh, Town hall events And other appearances where uh, um, uh, Republican members of Congress Are going Uh, They're not terribly eager to be put on the spot, uh, in their local media to, to answer for, uh, uh, president Trump and as a lot of my colleagues at the post have been writing uh, uh, this week, you see uh, more and more distancing uh, in the Congress of Republicans uh, from this president, feeling that they uh, that they can't defend him and are hoping he'll just sort of uh, cool down and, and make their lives uh, a bit easier. So I don't think it's it yet at the point where it's it's some sort of a uh, a, a big political problem uh, for Republicans. But you know, as we said at the beginning here, obviously if the if, if the next two years or four years are like the last four weeks, well, that's a, that's a wholly different story. We're we're all going to be uh, exactly. pretty exhausted and things are going to be fundamentally different.
0: And that aspect of it, watching House and Senate Republicans trying to answer questions uh, almost in a convoluted way because they got to be very careful. They want the president to sign their bills, but they also have to be careful uh, that they don't go out on a limb.
1: Right. I mean, I think that, you know, Paul Ryan and others made a reasonable supposition that uh, they'd be better off with Donald Trump uh, because they'd be able to go ahead and pass their bills and uh, he would uh, he would sign them. That may be true uh, to some extent. I don't think they I think they miscalculated on the extent to which um, he would uh, suck all the oxygen out of the room. Uh, There wouldn't be uh, uh, much uh, focus on what they're doing. And therefore, but should they uh, be surprised
0: based on the campaign?
1: Uh, do, I'm sorry, were they surprised?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, sucking the oxygen. He did so during the campaign. He was a right. dominant I don't, force. I don't see
1: why they Why they were surprised. They, you know, Just as we were saying a moment ago how Mike Pence – you know, made this calculation that he could bend Donald Trump to uh, uh, to his will, to his interests. I think Paul Ryan and others had a feeling that they could use Donald Trump to get their agenda through. And I just don't think that's uh, that's what we're seeing. It's not clear exactly what uh, Trump's agenda is, but definitely his agenda is to dominate uh, the news 24 hours a day uh, and seven days a week. Uh, and and that's what he's doing. And he's it does not appear that he's taking a whole lot of input from. Uh, Republicans uh, on Capitol Hill. They don't know what to expect. They were blindsided by the executive order on the the travel ban as as much as anybody. So uh, they have trouble uh, defending that because they don't know what's coming next. Uh, They are pressing ahead with their agenda. Uh, Will Trump uh, sign some of the things, presumably, uh, if it gets through? Uh, But uh, Democrats also feel emboldened because they see that the the fracturing and the, the weakness that uh, that Trump is causing with all this chaos. So particularly in the Senate, you're going to see uh, uh, a lot of willingness for them to uh, use their filibuster power to, to block uh, this agenda.
0: You know the mantra with Barack Obama, no drama, Obama. So I guess as a columnist for The Washington Post, there's no shortage of things to write about under this administration.
1: This is all drama, Donald.
0: <laughs> what do you think Leader Pelosi and the Senate Democratic leader Chuck Schumer are thinking moving ahead Do they smell political blood in the water? Do you think that they're going to keep an intense drumbeat? Where is their head right now?
1: Well, I mean, look. A, you know, a month ago we were talking about are the Democrats dead? Do they have any uh, where to go? What can they possibly do? Do they have to, uh, you know, you know, work with uh, Trump or or be bulldozed by him? Um, I think that was overstating it. But it would also overstate it to say that you know uh, they see blood in the water. I think, like everybody else, they're uh, surprised to the, uh, about the chaos that uh, uh, Trump has created. They certainly see it opening. Uh, They are encouraged by the sort of uh, grassroots rebellion uh, that is growing here. But I mean, you know, we have to be they have to be realistic and look at uh, uh, the electoral map, uh, which is is not a good one for Democrats uh, in 2018, uh, certainly in the Senate and uh, the way the House is structured. Yeah, it uh, it would it would take an extraordinary tidal wave to uh, dislodge the Republicans uh, right now so I think they're keeping that in perspective, but at the very least they're feeling more emboldened uh, and they are I think they're enjoying the uh, uh, the squirming that uh, Trump has caused among his fellow Republicans.
0: So I guess the timing was perfect for you to move into uh, your new offices at the Washington Post
1: uh because we're you have a lot of people to,
0: covering a lot of stories in this administration. Uh, this
1: is true. We have more space here. Um, they, have, uh, they've, they have bulldozed our old headquarters to make room for something new. But uh, uh, we're still a few blocks from the White House, uh, a few blocks from the center of all the action, the Trump International Hotel.
0: Well, let me conclude and, on that uh, point. Well, let me ask you about that, about your approach, the Washington Post's approach to, to this story and all the platforms that you need to, to cover and feed.
1: Well, look. I'm, uh, you know, I'm part of the editorial page, so I, I don't, you know, speak for the whole operation. Obviously, the 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 uh, uh, the big part, of, the biggest part of the operation is the news side, and has been expanding um, dramatically. Uh, And it and, uh, you know, uh, under the in the Jeff Bezos era, we've been uh, uh, pursuing all manner of different uh, platforms for this. But I am struck by uh, the extent to which even as the post as a corporate entity pushes into uh, tablets and uh, television, radio, podcasts, uh, uh, social media, everything else, uh, partnerships with uh, uh, other outlets around the country. I think in the newsroom there's also a sense that uh, not to get uh, uh, too distracted by platform and uh, concentrate on what we do, and that is uh, uh, break news and uh, create the best possible news product uh, regardless of uh, of what uh, medium it's going out on, so I think that's been uh, and I, that's as as that, that's been uh, reassuring to me that it's uh, it's not necessarily about uh, uh, reinventing journalism. Uh, smart people can figure out ways to uh, uh, put journalism on other platforms if we uh, keep uh, breaking news and writing good good stories.
0: Well, we want to thank you for allowing us to get beyond the headlines and get your perspective. Our listeners can follow you on Twitter at Milbank. Dana Milbank, who's a columnist for the opinion section of The Washington Post, thank you very much for being with us.
1: It was my pleasure, Steve. I love what you do. Thank you.
0: This has been the C-SPAN Radio podcast. You can follow C-SPAN Radio on Twitter and let us know what you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Be sure to rate and review us on your favorite podcast player, And a reminder, every C-SPAN podcast is available on the free C-SPAN radio app for Apple and Android devices, as well as iTunes, Google Play Music, TuneIn, and Stitcher. Thank you for listening.